Welcome to Maestros On Air, presented by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, recorded at Maestros Cafe, located at the Brevard Central Library and Reference Center in beautiful Cocoa, Florida. Maestros On Air is a discussion of culture, news events, and life on the Space Coast, and highlights the music concerts, and personalities of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Today's show features President of the Symphony Board, Eric Lee. Now your host, SESO Director of Communications, Bill Trudeau. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Top of the morning to you, Eric. <laughs> and uh, where might Bill be? I don't know. He uh, His uh, chair is empty here today yes, in he the cafe. Yes, he has an empty chair. I uh, got a hold of him this morning, you know, because <clears throat> I was expecting to see him at the concert yesterday afternoon, and I got a hold of him this morning, and he's like, I mean, Bill, are you okay? No, man. I, I had 103 fever yesterday. I'm really sick. And so I'm like, well, that's good because um, I was kind of, you know, worried about him. But then I thought maybe he ran off with like a couple of girls. You know, about a month ago, we were uh, talking with this lady who was promoting the Adams family uh, over at the high school. And she was saying how great Bill was. And I thought maybe, you know, she fixed him up and, he, you know, he'd be down in Mexico somewhere. So anyway, but he's, you know, not in Mexico. He's in here in uh, Florida and he's... Um, you know, sick, but uh, love he's, and the Adams family. Yeah, you thought ah. maybe he ran off with hand or something. Or? He could have, yeah. <laughs> and uh, let me introduce our special guest. Uh, this is my uh, good friend uh, Bob Gloppin. Say hello, Bob. Great to be here, uh, Bob. Uh, I've known for since what 1983. Over the, 30 years. Over yeah. 30 years. Bob is an excellent bass player in Chicago. Uh, we were having trouble finding a bass player for the uh, for the jazz concert uh, this weekend and um colleen was talking to aaron and it said well we ha we know a bass player i wonder if he can come down here so uh we called up bob he said he was available and uh you know the rest is history uh but um that's kind of an interesting story about that because you know it's kind of last minute so we couldn't you know, get you in early enough because you had a gig. Where were you playing uh, Friday night? Well, you called me and you you said you wanted me here on Saturday, and I right. said, "Well, I've got a I've got a late gig downtown Chicago Friday right. Friday night, right?" Uh, which didn't get done till about ten thirty or eleven. And uh, so you said, "Well, we're going to get you in for this rehearsal, so you'll be leaving at five in the morning." <laughs> right. Right. So, because, uh, right. Yeah, I grabbed um, actually the piano player I worked with Friday night uh, lives not too far from O'Hara, so he he let me stay at his place. But by the time we got home from the gig and you know everything, I wasn't in bed till about one o'clock and got up at three to go to the airport. So I got two hours of sleep. Right. And then uh, got on the flight, and got down to. Got down to Fort Lauderdale. You were there to pick me up, and everything was great except my bass wasn't on the plane. <laughs> right. So there's no there's no electric bass. So we're and it was a direct flight. So I mean, it should have been yeah. there. 
So we'll go over to the baggage area and uh, which which I don't understand because you can send something UPS and you know, you check something with UPS and and you can track it like they put yep. a you know, they put a UPC or you know barcode on it and you know where that thing is all the time you know when it goes from this truck to this truck or whatever but they put it on it you know you put it in the baggage and I saw it go through the security uh, through the X-ray and then I saw them kind of set it off to the side instead of putting it on the conveyor belt and that's and then I had to leave to go through security myself and that's why I started to worry. But I learned from your friend the other night that it's better to just check the instrument at the gate than you, right, than you make sure the, it kind of gets on the plane. So I live and learn. Right. And after learn. the concert, we went out with um, uh, Michelle, was um, Patrick's friend, and she suggested just you know, gate checking yeah. it. Patrick after the, being the director of the band. Right. We're getting off. Yeah, <laughs> a little tangent here. Well, that's no, what we anyway. do is we get off the tangent. And then what Jeremy is, <laughs> no, no, he's like the voice no, we, we of reason. We can't have a tangent and he, and he unless we in. have a, a topic to start with. Uh, the, well, there that's is part no, of our... So, so, so Jeremy, he's kind of like... He's on the voice of reason. He, he's kind of like the guy on the middle of the tennis court. He, like he's, you know, he's crying foul, you know, get, <laughs> back, in, get back in between the lines, you know. <laughs> right, he's kind of the referee. So well, he kind of is... keeps us in line. That's part of his charm, you know, keeping <laughs> us uh, in line, so... Well, the concert this last weekend was the Big Band Bash. Uh, so big band jazz. This program is kind of like free forum jazz. It just kind of it goes wherever it goes, and eventually we'll get to where we need to be. Okay, that's right. That's right. See, Jeremy, like I said, he's the voice. I'm just going to hold reason. onto this chair with both hands and see. Right, where it you goes. should. You should hold on. That would be very good. <laughs> but anyway, and then so then we started to panic because it's like you know nine thirty you know in the morning. There's no bass, so we started calling around music stores. Two music stores in Vero Beach offered to lend us a bass. For the concert, Melody Music and then uh, Treasure Coast uh, yeah. Music and Jewelry said, yeah, you can borrow a bass, no yeah. problem. Which is all well and good, but I was sitting there. I've had this instrument since I was 16 years old. It's a, it's a 37-year-old Fender Jazz Bass, and my father bought it for me. So not only is it a, a good instrument, but it's something that has a lot of sentimental value. And I just, you know, I'd never been out of position in my life where i didn't know where it was <laughs> you know yeah so I, I they were they're like oh well we'll get you a guitar i'm like i i whatever that's great but you know i want to know where my instrument is is it it's like losing a child <laughs> right so then we um we go have breakfast we go back to the airport and then the base made the next flight you know from chicago and and there it was so there it was so, so happy ending yeah i was in that situation a couple of weeks ago on travel and uh i uh, had you know terrible thunderstorms uh, got out of Melbourne late, uh, had to go through a third-party city. That flight was late. Finally got to the hotel about 1 o'clock in the morning without my suitcase. Right. So that was, you know, fun. You know, how you gonna yeah. how you going to get ready and go do what you got to do the next day without uh, With clothes, all your without necessities. Clothes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the clothes are helpful. I got a yeah. nice, yeah. Uh, I got a nice clean undershirt uh, from the airline as a, as compensation. <laughs> oh, really? So, you, got, you got an undershirt? Yeah, they had like a little, uh, you know, dop kit that they gave you with, uh, you know, the uh, razor that uh, you know not to use because it's going to just create, you know, bloody holes all over your <laughs> yeah. face. Uh, but included in the kit was uh, some uh, fresh skivvies, uh, presumably for you to sleep in. Oh, well, that's good. See, I didn't get so that. So you came out ahead, really. Well, I, I, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but interestingly enough, you're talking about tracking, uh, you know, with the airline. Once it was lost, I actually, you're able to track your, uh, your, your luggage uh, with the airline's app. You can just click, you know, where, where's my luggage, and it'll show you. And so I saw exactly where it got on the plane uh, in Melbourne, where it uh, got off the plane at the middle city, and then didn't get on the next plane. See, they had oh. no idea where his base was. Yeah, I flew a different airline. I won't mention the name, but 
They had no, they, no uh, clue. They didn't have that. those modern... Uh, they had a phone number. <laughs> yeah. Well, I they actually... They had a form to fill out and a phone number. Oh, gee. <laughs> I, ha- I have a friend who uh, a couple of months ago ended up going to... Uh, uh, I won't mention the country, but uh, in Africa. And he said on his way back, uh, his suitcase got lost. And uh, yeah, this uh, small country airline said something about, well, you didn't, you know, we we didn't uh, give you the ticket. Obviously, we didn't take it. Whatever he said, he actually saw because it was a very small airport. You know, going up, getting on the plane, he actually saw people handling his suitcase. And he just assumed it was going to end up getting on the plane. But then when it didn't, you know, yeah. I guess uh, they had some plausible deniability because they didn't check it the right way or whatever. So at least we have, you know, at least you showed up the next day right. or later the same Come, day. About actually. three hours later. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, otherwise we've yeah. been in, in big trouble. Yeah. So it, it all worked out. So anyway, Bob, we're glad that uh, you made it here and the bass and everything. And you did a great job on the concert. Did you yeah. enjoy the concert? Fun concert. Yeah, really great group of players and uh, and uh, a lot of fun charts and you know you great great players and they be able to put a concert together and you know with one short rehearsal right you know, yeah because two, we were two and late. half hour rehearsal yeah because we were late getting to Vero Beach so everybody's just like sitting there because they're waiting for the you know the bass players kind of like the. The you know the center of which all the other instruments uh, well, it's, orbit. It's considered the base, actually. It, exactly the base, like the basis, the basis of the the whole <laughs> the foundation. Band. The, for foundation. All the foundation, the foundation, exactly. Around. So, but you know, it all work. And Jeremy, you were at the concert. Oh, yeah, the one in Vero Beach. Uh, no, well, I mean, you I, went but, to the uh, one in. Um, I went to the one here uh, in Melbourne at the yeah. Scott Center, which was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. In fact, some really of the, the clips today uh, we're going to play. Uh, here uh, shortly uh, okay. came from that particular recording okay. at the Scott Center this last weekend. So that means you don't have any uh, audio of me dropping my bucket mute a couple of times. <laughs> oh no, I, that happened at Faro Beach. <laughs> yeah, on the second uh, on the second song when you're smiling because I you know I was playing bass trombone that's my double, but um, I I don't think I'd ever actually played with a bucket mute before. If uh, yeah. let me explain to the listeners, it actually looks like a bucket. And it's got like these little prongs that sit on your bell. And Patrick, you know, brought me a um, bucket mute to borrow. And the thing would just keep falling off. It's like during the concert and I'm putting it on. <laughs> I drop a second bang. Well, that's, I mean, it's interesting that you brought that up because I was actually observing that because, of course, uh, you weren't playing tuba. You were right. playing trombone, which right. is Bass trombone, a, a right. different uh, instrument for you than normally when you were at the symphony. Right. Uh, but then also, it wasn't just a trombone. It was a bass trombone, bass right? Bass trombone, right. It's got and then two, I, I will tell valves. you, that is that has got to be one of the largest mutes I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. The thing is a, is a monstrosity. Well, and then the thing about... Um, I, mean, you, I could see that being served uh, a bunch of fried chicken if, <laughs> yeah. you, you, know, if you turn it over. Well, it's what, pretty much the same size is a you know a large bucket of chicken from, yeah. from kfc or and then what happened was like in vero beach i drop it and then i'm like swearing and then i put the thing on and then it fall i drop it again <laughs> so then i just give up and then i put it on my head <laughs> well yeah i, I want to take a closer look because i was actually wondering how you actually fixed it because when you put you know because you're used to seeing the mute that goes in with the felt pads and yeah. everything and no. you pulled when i saw you pull it out i was looking and i couldn't quite tell how it actually it's got these prongs fixed. on the outside of the the bell, because of my other mutes, I have a straight mute and I have a cup mute, and they just go in there's, the bell. And there's cork there's all and, kinds of things that they've learned over the last. The, the trombone is 500 years old. And there's all kinds of things they've learned how to stick in the bell to change the sound. I mean, right. you, gosh, those over the and years. And then we use a plunger, you know, also, yeah. which has not been used for uh, actual plumbing. Yeah, so you buy a brand new plunger and you buy a brand new plunger store. Right. 
So, <laughs> you know, but the, so then I put it on my head and then, but then on uh, yesterday, uh, uh, Chauncey, one of the other trombone players, he brought one and it fit perfect. So I didn't have any problems. Yeah. Well, I, it, so. I will say yesterday in the concert, uh, one of the best examples of uh, muting of a trumpet ever, I just, uh, it was kind of uh, the, the particular player who had muted the trumpet was kind of out of my view. Mm-hmm. And then when he started playing, it, I mean, it seriously sounded like he was in some far away down the street venue. I mean, it sounded so much quieter and distant. Right. Uh, so it was very, it was really haunting the well, way that like mute sounded. Was it like a Herman sounded. mute or? Uh, I think so. But I, you know, because they're behind us, I'm not sure what they're doing back there. They was a harmony they take the stem out because sometimes well, he was out of, it was outside of my view i could okay. just barely, i could see uh, his head you know with his right. lips on the mouthpiece and i couldn't see the mute but it was yeah when when he started playing i had to look around like i, I thought somebody was maybe in the back of the auditorium playing because it yeah. really had that very right. distant sound one the other thing bob you could comment on this that i noticed about the concerts we really played with a lot of wide dynamic contrast I think that's, you know, with yeah. Patrick, because, you know, a lot of time with a big band, you're just playing loud all the time. But, I mean, this, we would play yeah. soft. I mean, there was really a... Well, you probably hear that in some of the clips we're going to play. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. there's just a lot of wide... Yeah, What's interesting, working with a singer, you know? Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, because uh, on uh, previous episodes here of the podcast, you've talked about how you enjoy really opening up and playing loud, and I expected that, and there was some of that. Yeah. Um, but there were some. There were a few uh, sections and songs where I expected it to, you know, be louder, and you were just, you know, very, uh, very quiet and subtle, and mm-hmm. would rise. But then when you had to punch it, it would just immediately there. Right. right. And that right, and I think that's kind of what, and you know, Patrick, I don't think he really talked about. It just kind of happened, well, you yeah, know, organically. The, the, the thing that. Be, Maybe it isn't wasn't quite so obvious. Is that I think all the tunes on the concert, except for maybe, well, sing 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 at the end, which is a, a percussion singer. Every every tune was a vocal tune, even if there wasn't somebody singing. They all derived from uh, right. from vocal tunes. You know, right. every, every tune on that concert had words to go with it, whether they were sung or not. Right. So I think those kind of tunes lend themselves to you know more nuance and right. uh, dynamic variation. Isn't that a, a bit ironic that the sing, one sing, song sing. <laughs> that had no yeah. words well, is called well, Louis Sing, Prima Sing, used to Sing? sing uh, on that, but but it, over the years it's kind of become a, a you know note as a feature for the drummer. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a vocal concert in many ways. Well, speaking of the concert, uh, we've got a few clips we're going to okay. play this hour, and since we have a, a featured guest, why don't we uh, start off with a piece that actually features. Uh, you on the bass. Okay, that's uh, Blues for Drury. It um, starts out with a bass solo and, um, well, listen. Yeah, a, a basic blues form. And actually, interestingly enough, since we had Linda Cole, mm-hmm. who's related to Nat King Cole, uh, the, the chord changes for this blues are exactly the same as a tune called Route 66. Oh, that's, that's which really, was another Nat that's King really Cole. I, knew, I, I yeah. heard it. In fact, when it was playing, I yeah. thought that. You thought you so were going to hear, you, uh, you thought you were hear Route 66. Absolutely. Just, just same, same form, basic F blues. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a listen. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Oh, that's a, you know, that's a great uh, bass sound, Bob. You know, our listeners would probably be, um, you know, curious how you're getting that sound. Because, you know, I'm a tuba player, so I kind of listen to the low end. And usually I notice when, you know, like in a big band, when somebody's, if they're playing like an upright bass or they're playing a bass guitar, and I'm not just trying to butter you up since I've known yeah. you for, you know, 30-some some years. But I mean... Put it on Holy Alliance for about the last That's right. <laughs> I don't... How do you get that sound? Because it really sounds like an upright, but I know you're playing a bass guitar. How do you do that? Well, you know, we're going to talk shop here. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, uh, that's all right. <laughs> I mean, well, I, just for the listeners, I think, I think uh, ideally if for this style of music, what you really want is the sound of an upright bass. Right. And, and, and well, so that's that, the tradition. Right. And that's what you're trying to emulate. Right. Well, and, and when you started, that's what I was looking for, because that's what it sounded like. And mm-hmm. I, I kept looking yeah. around. It, there's There's got to be a bass somewhere. And I just yeah. couldn't see right. it because you were back. And instead of it being upright, it was right. uh, off to the side. Well, what, what, I mean, without getting too technical, I mean, well, so first of all, I mean, that's the sound you're trying to, trying to emulate. Um, I think uh, electric bass players... Um, Tend to with, with a lot of styles of music tend to play a little more fundamental, a little more bassy sounding, more 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 rocky sounding. Mm-hmm. And so, and my training, I, I I grew up playing bass, electric bass, and a little bit of upright bass in jazz bands, like in, in junior high school and high school and then college. So I was always kind of going for that sound to begin with. And I, I think just not to be too technical, but you you want you want the sound to be a little bit more on the treble side. Uh, not too much, not too much bottom, so it's cleaner sounding. And then also the way you use your fingers on on the instrument. Um, guys on electric bass will sometimes use a pick, or they'll yep. play, or they'll play way back near the bridge where the string doesn't move as much because they can play faster and firmer and harder back there. I move my hand up closer to the neck where the where the string vibrates a little bit more. The string bass has a, has a, the upright bass has longer strings than the electric bass, right. and some of the sound that you get on the upright bass is because there's a lot of wide vibration of those strings as you pluck them. Um, so you're trying to emulate that by moving your hand up toward the middle of the instrument, letting the string vibrate. But by going closer to the neck, closer to the you neck, get more vibration. You get, more, you get the string vibrates a little bit wider. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's also just a matter of just kind of... Just you know, going for that sound. You know, you're tweaking your your amp and your your controls on your instrument, and the way you're the the, the touch you're using, and you're just going for that sound. And I think I've done it for so long that I I've gotten fairly good at getting trade some, secrets. Yeah, trade secret. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just gave them all away. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and plus, you know, and then Patrick had brought you an amp because your amp, you have an amp that you could have brought on the airplane, but. Right, yeah, it's kind of hard to, to travel with, and, and you know, since I was, I wasn't going to fly down with an upright bass, you know. Um, oh yeah, for the price that it would cost you to bring that on the plane, you could just yeah. buy a new one down here, or, or, or carve one out of a tree. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. it, you know. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You could make it look like a yeah. tiki <laughs> out of a palm tree. A palm tree. Yeah, the other thing with bass. the other thing with upright bass, that, like you say, not to get too technical, but like the upright bass, there tends to be a little bit more decay to the sound. Like you, you pluck the note and it decays faster, and upright bass has a tremendous amount of sustain. So you're trying to emulate that that little bit. So maybe a little bit more point to the beginning of the note. To it's it's like it's almost the opposite with with the, with the upright bass. You're plucking it and trying to make the note sustain because the instrument doesn't want to sustain. Um, so with the electric bass, you give that point and it and it gives a little bit more of the the impression of that of the beginning of the sound that you have on the upright bass. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean because, like, when I play in a group, well, like with the dog bones, you know, it's four trombones and tuba. Harder to do on tuba. Right. I got to, 
I kind of give it like a more, I pretend I was like, to, 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 you know, kind of yeah. like, and give it like a little ping. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. You know, and I kind of did that. Well, you've played um, Russian Christmas music. You know, the sure. alpha reads, to, 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 to. So yeah. what I would do in my mind, I would pretend it's like a pizzicato. Sure. It, it's got a, um, this is a piece we did over the holidays. It's Russian Christmas music. It's got a, it's supposed to be a string bass. You know, half the time you never have a string bass, so the tuba player's got to play it. Ah. And you just go, and it's kind of, and you kind of do that pizzicato thing. And that's sure. kind of what you're doing with the electric. Right. You know, and plus the other thing is, I didn't even notice that you're playing a fretted bass, but you're right. able to do like the sliding. I mean, it's it didn't sound fretted. Yeah. You know, it sounded like a fretless. Yeah. You know, practice, I guess. Is that what it is? <laughs> well, I don't think, not to get too deep into this, but also, you know, sometimes too late. if you, if you play, uh, if you play lighter, mm -hmm. you, it's amazing. You can get a lot of different tone colors out of an electric bass if you don't dig in too hard. Right. Once you start digging in, the instrument gets very, can get very heavy and thick sounding, which is what people are used to hearing on other styles. But if right, you, like if, if you're you play, playing like a rock and roll band, then, right? But well, you, you'd be playing a different instrument probably. Because you're playing the Fender Possibly, jazz, or, or setting things up a little bit differently. But you if might you, be if, playing like if a If you play with a lighter bass. touch, you can get a lot of different tone colors out of an electric instrument. You know? So, anyway. Yeah, well, it, yeah. Was, it was really great, everything. So, when did you start playing the... Because you, you started on tuba, and then when did you start playing the bass? Uh, about seventh grade. Okay. Yeah, and then I played, and, you know, through high school, I played in the jazz band. and. Uh, well, I remember you were telling... You know, you've told me before, you must have had a really good... High school jazz band because didn't you play in um, Switzerland? Didn't you play at the Montreux? I, I was. We were very fortunate to go when I was in high school. My, my jazz band uh, director uh, loved to go to Europe, so he would arrange every couple of years for us to go to Europe. And one year we did go and play uh, at the Montreux Jazz Festival. Right. Yeah, yeah. That that would be an experience just to go, but uh, yeah. as a high schooler, go and play. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. We we played at the Montreux Jazz Festival. We played in a. Um, uh, we didn't we we didn't play like in a in a concert setting. We played we played at the festival, but we were sort of in a, a lounge area that was outdoors. Oh, sure, I get that. Yeah, and 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 it was near a it was it was up high and if, and it was kind of near a balcony. And, and and as I look back over the balcony, there was a swimming pool below us, and there were a lot of young women down there. Just being very French, uh, <laughs> right? Because Montreux is in the French-speaking uh, right. side so, of Switzerland. So it was more so. of a different kind of thing that you'd see in the United States. And being I'm 16 sure years old, I was—I'm sure you appreciated. Looking that. back over the the balcony, did you uh, lose your place in the music? Or no, how that would, I was—I was really happy that it, that I had you know had things like String of Pearls memorized and In the Mood memorized. Right, and then, then could, that way you didn't I have to peer back over the balcony and look at these. See, there Young you go. ladies. See, it's kind of like a bonus. You know, there's you. a place that Bill could be. He could be in Montreux right now, for all we know. You know, you don't well, know where he is. Well, as far as I know, he's uh, here in Florida. <laughs> yeah, so. he's homesick. You just never know what right. that means. You know? He could be in Montreux. <laughs> it's possible. So that was high school, but uh, the two of you actually met in college, correct? Right. So we met actually at uh, DePaul University. So you'd. But you had started your first two years at the University of Illinois. And I, went, then, I went to the University of Illinois for, for a couple of years, and I had a, a great teacher down there, a tuba teacher named Dan Pierantoni, and he had actually left. And then I wanted to go I wanted to go to DePaul to study with uh, a guy I'd studied with in high school, another great tuba player named David Federley, who was um, in town at that time, and he was a substitute tuba player in the Chicago Symphony. Right. And uh, I 
I went through all the uh, the audition process to go to DePaul and transfer to DePaul so I could study with David Federley. And then, right. and then about a week before school started, he won the job in the Baltimore Symphony, and right. his career took on from there. And and so I, I ended up at DePaul, and uh, here I thought I was going to be the top gun. You know, they had they had given me a scholarship. I was a junior in college. I was going to be the top gun in the in the in the top band there. And I show up one day, and there's this guy, <laughs> Eric, who. He's right, a little a, more seasoned than I am. He's a graduate student, and he's like stole my thunder, took my chair away from me. So, for the first couple of weeks we were there, we didn't. I don't think we talked to each other that much. Not too much. And then, then we I, got then we got to be friends. And and I thought Eric was like this. At first, I thought he's a really serious guy, really serious about stuff. And and one day in, in <laughs> one day in rehearsal, I you know, remember this story. Eric, now. Eric was uh, you know we were the we were playing in the rehearsal, and 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 the the director had stopped to talk to the flutes about something and and eric turned to me and he says now uh he says uh let's play really really soft the rest of the rehearsal let's let's save it for now uh don't let them know what we're going to do in the concert we're going to sandbag he called it sandbagging you know so but but just just play really low now and then and then he won't know when we get to the concert we'll just let it rip you know and we'll we'll destroy what he called the enemy <laughs> which was the woodwind, woodwind. section <laughs> And from then on out, it was really kind of a fun ride with Eric, you know. It was a lot stuff, of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We did a lot of fun things. I mean, the the band director of the DePaul Wind Ensemble, he liked going to Europe, too. So we went on a trip to... Um, Austria and Hungary. Austria and Hungary with the DePaul band. And um, Jacob's stu- substitute, um, to Rex Martin, he was um, represented for Rudy Meinl. Who's a you Who know made a tuba? Made a tuba, so he was able to get me set up where I was able to pick up a tuba in Germany. So, and it was during the band trip. So we flew into Vienna. Wait, this is also during the Cold War, right? Oh yeah, we got yeah. This is during the Cold War. So when we went to Hungary, it was a little scary. Even though Hungary yeah, it was, it was it more was a, one 19, of the more nineteen eighty five is before uh, everything changed. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Hungary was one of the more progressive countries you know in the eastern bloc but still i mean they searched the bus we had to turn in all our passports when we crossed the border you didn't get your passport until you came back over there so that was a little yeah that was a little little scary but um i arranged to pick up this tuba and the band director let us both go so basically we landed in vienna rented a bmw like the little one like a it was like a 316 yeah and we drove as fast as we could <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> clear across Austria into um, this little town on the Eich River. Dischbeck on der Eich is just like this little tiny town where these tubas are, you know, and I still play the tuba day. It's basically they're handmade. The factory's about the size of, what do you say, Bob, like an eight-car garage? Something like that. If that, yeah. I mean, it's really small. It's like a little town where, you know, you look and you expect to see like the Keebler elves coming out of the trees or something. <laughs> yeah. And the, very, very, you know, picturesque and quaint. Right. So we basically arrive into town after blasting through, um, you know, Austria and Germany. And we didn't realize there's no speed limits only in, the Germ- in Germany. There are speed limits in Austria, but 
we drove like there were no speed limits. And you, you also didn't realize, I, I guess Eric had a, like a shell credit card. We thought we could pay for the gas with a shell credit card. We pull up in you know Germany, and he shows him this car like nine, nichts are good, you know. Nine, Deutschmarks. Deutschmark, only Deutschmark. <laughs> so luckily so, we had we had Deutschmarks. And back then, I think the gas in Germany cost as much as it costs here now. It was, it was really, really expensive. Like and this was like in the, this is 85. Crazy. But the thing that saved us was, and that's how I was able to get the tuba, the Deutschmark, the dollar was really strong in relationship to the Deutschmark. Yeah. So, and plus, you know, Rex got me a really good deal, and he had played the tuba because the symphony, Chicago Symphony had been on tour earlier, and he had already been to the factory oh, and, right. and play, yeah. played this tuba and said it was a good tuba. Yeah. So anyway, we arrive into town, and uh, Rudy sets us up with a hotel for the night and we go into um you know place like next to the hotel to have dinner yeah. right yeah and then you can uh, kind of know well, where we, we're going with on this well, we, we, we sit down to have dinner and uh um i guess the guy just kind of walked up to us this guy in the in the bar there who just decided he wanted to come talk to us and right and, and uh and i had my limited german speaking yeah skills yeah and, you, so you started kind of talking to him or thinking you were talking to him and right kind of knowing what he was saying and you know what it would go one thing you know led to another and he had a couple more beers and then he started talking you know about, about how, the autobahn yeah about the autobahn and and uh, he and, and there was a fireplace and he and he and he picked up a couple of deer antlers off the fireplace and he said something like well uh uh bombi bombi bom, bombi and he takes the antlers bambi. Yeah, yeah bombi oh yeah bambi and bombi on this autobahn bombi on this autobahn no bombi on this autobahn and uh and, uh, mercedes mercedes on this autobahn oh, yeah. mercedes, mercedes on the autobahn bombi on the bon, and bombi is towed <laughs> bombi is kaput so so then we somehow we thought this was like some dignitary we thought he was the mayor of the town right? <laughs> and it turns out he's like the town drunk <laughs> yeah going on about it. yeah yeah gay and z uh in uh, vienna in summertime mit frau and, and, uh, and so uh, shushu yeah, yeah and, <laughs> and going I, we're, we're just eating our wiener schnitzel and drinking our beer and having a having a good old time yeah, was, yeah i mean they we had come, you know, rented the car in vienna and drove i mean we might as well have been from mars <laughs> you know because we had you know you know, uh, Viennese license plates on, you know, might as well have been from Mars, you know, the, the Americans. So, so, so just just to, to, to get the listeners back into <laughs> the room here, <laughs> I mean, this was just like one of the many kind of experiences that Eric We were and always I, doing some, and the amazing Eric thing Eric is, is always the, leading me off into these dark corners of the world. It's amazing you know? the band director would even let us go, because if we would have, like, went AWOL... We could have like taken a turn yeah, to we Munich. We could have ended up like in a Czech prison or something. Or yeah. we could have gone the wrong way, you know, gone to Munich and never come back. You know, we'd been without a tuba section. Well, so, but. Sp- speaking of your time together, those many years ago, uh, as uh, our listeners are aware, we have a very active research and development department here. Oh yes, the research department is very good here at Maestro's on Air. So the research department has actually uncovered a rare gem. Is that a branch of the CIA? <laughs> or? Uh, well, we don't disclose our sources. <laughs> it's, it's the end. It's the NSA. <laughs> uh, however, uh, we have uncovered this item uh, from many years ago, uh, and it just had the title on it, Tuba Brothers. Oh, Does no. this ring oh, a bell? Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh-oh. Uh, Bob, why don't you help me uh, set this up? I played in... The Tuba uh, Brothers. I played in um, this band, Johnny and the Leisure Suits. It was fronted by Jonathan Brandmeier. He's the number one DJ in Chicago. He's on... 
number one radio station, WLUP. The kind loop. of a shock jock. Early, early morning shock jock. Yeah. And we're back. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> morning drive in, you know, was yeah. always doing crazy stuff. There was stuff. always it was crazy. But he had yeah. a band. They would go around and, and, and he, would, he would do... Oh, a lot of well, a stuff. lot of parody songs and stuff. And one of the songs he had was like the "Hey There Milwaukee Polka," and I played tuba. Hey there, the, hey there, yo hair, hey, hey. hey hey. Yeah, <laughs> I played tuba on it. And then he, it was like, um, well, he asked you to come on the show because right, you like, were part of the band, right? It was, and it was, I think it was for International Tuba Day or something. He said, "Eric, why don't you come on the show?" And I said, "I'm going to bring Bob." And Bob had, had sub for me in the band too, like if I had another yeah. gig or something. He. So we play. So we we, went up we there. had to get there really early in the morning, and and the show is broadcast from like the thirty fifth floor of the John Hancock Center in downtown Chicago. We show up at like was it like five thirty six o'clock? In it the was morning, really early, something like that. And we go up to the thirty fifth floor, and we go to the front door of the radio station, and there's a lobby there, but the door is locked, and there's nobody in the lobby. There's no receptionist. There's nobody there. We're thinking, well, okay, well, how do we get in? You know, how do they know we're here? Because we're so like banging on the door, trying, and trying stuff. to figure out. You know, nobody's coming. So we said, "Well, we better warm up. We better, you know, be just in case." Right, we want to be ready. Oh, cold so, Chicago morning. You right, know, you, you want to be ready. warm up. So, the so we're on the hallway of the thirty foot floor <laughs> of the tubas. playing tubas, <laughs> and and sooner or later, some I don't know, somebody at a dentist office down the hall or something, or what really was like they called the radio station. You know, there's a couple guys out in the hallway playing tubas. You know, <laughs> will you please let them in there so we can get to work? You know, <laughs> so, right, so then they open up the door. And we then, got in and, and then bring us in. Well, what, what else has your research department found? Well, there's yeah, there, there are things that we're not going to discuss here on the show. Uh, we'll be uh, passing you a, a brown envelope uh, <laughs> with a request for donations later <laughs> on some of the other things we found. But no, we actually do have the clip from that time on the radio. And that was like the mid mid eighties. That's about thirty years ago. Yeah. Yeah, just a warning for the listeners. Uh, we're going to subject everyone to about ten minutes or so of this. So if you've had your fill of tuba, uh, you might uh, want to skip forward about 10 minutes. But otherwise... Yeah, but I don't think you've ever heard the tuba do quite what Eric did. This is really... Uh, this is not Rachmaninoff. This no. is not Tchaikovsky. This no. is... Uh, it's a little different. All right. We'll encourage everybody to buckle in for the ride about 10 minutes from the 80s. Here are the tuba brothers. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Dig it. The Loop FM 98, the fabulous Tuba Brothers, 748, Eric and Bob of Tuba. When you guys played on the original, that's the original Robert Palmer track, right? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So then they, they, Palmer mixed it down. He didn't want the tubas in there? Right. Yeah. It was too it was dangerous. A contract uh, negotiation. Yeah? It was much too dangerous to be right. released. Okay. Well, listen, uh, Buzz, have you met the Tuba Brothers yet? Well, of course, I know at least one member. Eric, of course, yeah. it plays with the Polka Boners on stage at the... Uh, you'll be at the Holiday Star? No, Bob of Tuba will be at the Holiday Star. Oh, Bob's going to be there. Backup goalie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, listen, we, we do a lot of songs. We had an album on a long time ago. I was a member of the Tuba Brothers, and uh, we did an album that didn't sell very well, the Tuba Brothers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we still remember some of the old tracks, like Whole Lot of Love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, we'll take requests. 591 Rock and Roll. Yeah. You need fooling. Baby, I'm not fooling. I'm a sinner. I'm fooling. I got a whole lot of love. Got a whole lot of love. Got a whole lot of love. 
Yeah. Remember that track? Man, when we recorded that, baby, we were, yeah. we were burning. We were burning. We do some blues. We do Hey Bartender. Uh, Buzz, you want to jam with us on this? Sure. Do we know Hey Bartender? Ba-da-da. Key of C, Eric. Key of C? Yeah. Well, that's not the key we do it in. Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah. Well, didn't we come through C? Aren't you in C, Bob? Yeah, I started on C. You lying sack. <laughs> Just a lying <laughs> sack. You were not in the key of C. Here we go. Yeah, yeah one, two, two, go. Hit it. Went bald in the other night. Started drinking, got real tight. I knew each and all my friends. Felt so good, I got hammered again. I said, hey, bartender. Hey, bartender. Draw one, two, three, four glasses of beer. Hold on a minute, wait. Oh, no wonder I can't hear you. Let me hear you, Eric. All right, let me hear you, Bob. Get in closer to those mics. Yeah, here, there we go. There we go. All right, listen, we've got uh, instant request lines now open for the Tuber Brothers. They're going to be at the uh, Schomburg Snuggery tonight at around 10 o'clock. We want some rock and roll tunes. Request these guys do the best rock and roll tubas in the entire country. And we'll be right back. 591 Rock and Roll. Name a song they can't play, I dare you. Boca guys, hey, the Tuber Brothers are back playing the Boca. Hey, morning cloudiness becoming partly sunny. Nice. Uh, by afternoon, partly sunny, high in the mid 50s. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Uh, high today in the mid 50s, 51 at the loop right now. Ah, uh, yeah. Instant request time. The Tuba Brothers are ready to rock. They're on their world tour. And tonight it's the Schaumburg Snuggery around 9 30, 10 o'clock. Da, 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 da. Good morning. Hello. Yeah. You're on with the Tuber Brothers. Instant request line. How about out on the killing floor? <laughs> <laughs> I think we know that one. Okay, go let's ahead. try it. Yeah, let's go. Ready? Do it. Just go ahead, Bob. Don't waste our time. Out on the killing floor. Here we go. Good morning. Hi, Johnny. I want to hear Lola by the Kinks. Lola. You guys ready to go? Oh, this is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How about last train? How about what? Last train to Clarksville. Last train to Clarksville. That's a big tuber request. Everywhere we go, we're getting it. Brothers here, instant yeah. request line. Can you play something by Chuck Berry? Oh, yeah, it's his birthday, uh, 60 years old. We know some Chuck Berry. We know Johnny Be Good, don't we? Sure. <laughs> don't we? The Tuber Brothers, ladies and gentlemen, they're very, very talented individuals. They cannot be forced into a song. They want to think about it. You guys, you're the Tuber Brothers. They're going to let me down. Oh, ma'am. <laughs> oh, no, ma'am. Oh, no, ma'am. You just, the Tuber Brothers just let this woman down. Hey, you guys just start playing. Beethoven. Yeah, roll over Beethoven. Da 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 da. That's great. Roll over Beethoven. All right, I'm ready. Just blow anything. We'll say it's a song. 
Okay, I need a vacation. The United Airlines commercial. All right, good. Yeah, good morning. That's the one I wanted to hear. Hello. Morning, Johnny. Yes. How about Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood by the Animals? Yeah. There's another good one. Eric, Eric and Bob are going, oh, God. Go on. No, no, no. All right, there you go. Good morning. That's it. Good morning, Johnny. Y yes, ma'am, the hey. Tuber Brothers. They've done everything so far they've been asked. Well, being Friday, I can't think of anything I'd rather hear than I don't want to work, I want to bang on the tuba all day. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I want to bang on the tuba all day. Yeah. Yeah, hey. I just want to bang on the tuba. Wipe out! Oh, you guys, don't you know how to play Wipeout? How about the stop? How about the solo part? You idiots! <laughs> you, you're never working this town song. again! <laughs> Oh, my God. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, hey there. Yeah, hey. How about that, that little-known Beatles tune, While My Tuba Gently Weeps? Oh, that is a good one. While My Tuba Gently Weeps. You guys know that one. While My Tuba Gently Weeps. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Hi, how about this one? Make new friends, but keep the old. One is silver and the other gold. Oh, that's simple. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Yeah, how about All the Young Dudes by Mott the Hoop? Oh, that's an excellent song. Thank you. Now the young dudes. Come on, you know that one. Written for the two. The Tuba Brothers, they, they, they are incredible. Good morning. Good morning, Johnny. Yes, the Tuba Brothers, it's a request. How about for the Chicago Bears, a Bears fight song? All right, let's go. Sing it, sir. Sing it. Fabulous Tuba Brothers, ladies and gentlemen. You can see them. Oh, you guys, you know, you're, you put on a great show. I'm looking forward to seeing it tonight at the uh, show. These are all songs we don't. At the Schaumburg uh, Snuggery. I'll see you there. We'll, we'll go there. We'll jam on this uh, great classic here tonight. On the loop. Like Illinois, try to keep us where we are. Now we're really such a friendly state, so we'll hop into our car and we'll drive across your border, pick up women big and heavy, and see those men with big foreheads like bumpers from a Chevy. Hey there, polka boy, go home and suck a beer. Hey there, Bratwurst Ted, go drive your old John Deere. Now I hate your women away, the smell will make us cry. Hey. 
stay in Milwaukee and die. That really uh, brings back a lot of memories. <laughs> yeah. <in the> <laughs> those, those were the days. It was, it was the fun, that was the funniest thing, how we were, we woke up, and then you started playing and talking. We worked up a couple, you know, as you could hear, a couple. We were going to bring in some serious stuff. Some we serious stuff. And then, and then all of a sudden, uh, Eric broke into a whole lot of love, and, and, and Johnny had this board there with all the buttons on it where people could call in, and there was, none of the buttons were lit up, and all of a sudden, boom, like a hundred buttons lit up, and then people were calling in, taking requests. And I mean, it lit up like a Christmas Major tree. Major market radio, they know ratings. That's yeah. right. When the, when, when the yeah. board lights up, uh, it, keep doing that. Right, it, it lit up like a Christmas tree, so. Yeah. But he was, like, number one anyway, but, you know, yeah. that was that was a lot of fun. That so. was a lot of fun. Yeah, and Eric and I have been good friends for many years. He got married, moved to California, and then... Moved, moved back to Chicago. They're 12 years, and they're back in Chicago, and now they're in Florida. They're in Florida. They're doing so. all the things they do down here with the symphony and and the pet sitting service. And We have all, so, all yeah, sorts of stuff. Yeah. The cafe. We've got the adult family. Eric is never bored. He's always got something to do. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Right. You know, good, right. To, good to stay busy. Yeah. Well, so but, fast forward to uh, what actually brings you here for this weekend, uh, this last concert, weekend, the yeah. big band bash. Yeah. Yeah, great concert and Linda Cole. I didn't even know that Linda Cole was going to be on this concert. That was that was a. They didn't tell me. That. I don't oh, know Linda. if any. I don't think anybody knew. To yeah, be honest with no. you. Actually, related to that King Cole, right? Uh, uh, sort of a cousin, I guess. Yeah, Patrick. I think she's because uh, we were talking. I think she's the third co- cousin. I think. Yeah, I think we were t- talking right, but to been, her, but been part of that machine, you know, in terms of uh, right. touring, playing, singing, um, you know, for many years as part of that. So it was nice. So and she's the, got a great, she's got a really great voice. She's a really nice lady. Yeah. yeah well, for the, and for those that missed it, uh, you know, like a lot of concerts, uh, had two sets with uh, intermission and in between. Uh, during each set, uh, she came out and sang a couple of songs. Right. I think we're going to play one of those clips now. When I fall in love. It will be forever For I never fall in love In a restless world like this
Yeah, that was great. I, mean, I was planning to come to the concert anyway, so having her there was a bonus, and it was actually better than I anticipated. Yeah, she's she's a really great singer and really good on stage, just really nice person. The funny thing was, like, there she was, like, so happy that, like, there was a girl in the trombone section. It turned out to be your wife. Right, she's like... <laughs> And you play trombone. Oh, I love it. She was just like all over it. She was very upbeat. Yeah, yeah, she just thought it was great. You know, there's a girl trombone player. Thought that was great. So, but it was it was a great concert. What I found interesting uh, was uh, at the intermission, uh, Aaron Collins got up and made a few announcements. Right. But he asked uh, by show of hands how many was this was the first time they'd been to a Space Coast Symphony Orchestra yeah, quite a few event. And it, it probably half the crowd uh, right. raised their hand. I'm, I'm just guessing. I was sitting towards yeah, the front, but I looked over my uh, my shoulder, and it was a large percentage. This was their first event. Right. You get. Kind of a different crowd with the jazz band than you do with the orchestra. Yeah, I think. Yeah, well, if somebody is listening to this show and they missed it, there will actually be some more uh, chances for some similar music but different. Uh, this was actually the first time that uh, Dr. Pat Hennessy had directed the right. Space Coast uh, Jazz Orchestra. Right. Uh, I believe the next event that he is going to be at the helm at is in October. Right, October seventeenth and eighteenth. There's Christmas and then also in 2016 as well. So there's a lot of opportunities to hear the jazz orchestra again. Maybe you'll get to come down again, Bob. We'd love, love to. Ha- we'd love, love to. to have you. Yeah. Especially you'd like to come down here in January or yeah, that's you know, when, yeah. when it's cold. It gets a little nippy in uh, Chicago. I so. would walk here in January. Yeah, there you go. That, right. but that way my base would for sure make it. Right, you could have like it on your back, like a backpack. <laughs> well, before the hour gets away from us, we have something to talk about, which is the first Friday Fizz Quiz was last week. Right, and I announced it uh, both concerts, telling people, you know, to get their uh, answers in. And uh, there's a lot more entries this week, I think. Yeah, actually, and here's the other thing. Very interesting. There was a lot more uh, entries. We actually, instead of saying send an email, we actually put a form up. I think people found it easier okay, to right. respond to the form. So we'll do that in the future. Okay, cool. But here was completely, uh, you know, you couldn't plan this. But as I was uh, tallying the results and looking completely <clears throat> by surprise, you know, we put the quiz up on uh, Friday evening right, right. Uh, and we took answers through Sunday evening so call it uh, you know two two and a half days right. something like that the first half of the weekend all the responses were from women really the second half of the weekend all of the responses were men wow, that's uh, you know it just it's you a conspiracy think, you would you would think uh, the randomness of the universe you that's know that amazing. wouldn't happen so I just I, I found that very odd anyway uh, let's go ahead and read the questions okay. uh, give the answers and announce our winner I'm ready all right question one this American composer and conductor was the longtime music director of the New York Philharmonic he conducted 53 young people's concerts which were broadcast on CBS and believed strongly that the arts can strengthen learning. As a composer, he created music for On the Waterfront and West Side Story, among many other works. Who is he? That would be Leonard Bernstein. And I'm sure it uh, is only coincidental that uh, this question comes just a few weeks before we have uh, our concert. Yes, we'll be in uh, July. Our next ticketed uh, concert is... uh West Side Story, uh, it's uh, July 11th, Saturday at 7 p.m. at the Scott Center 
and then uh, Sunday, July 12th at 3 p.m. in uh, Vero Beach. We'll be doing the symphonic dances from West Side Story. Bob, have you ever played that? Yes. Oh, that... We, the orchestra has done that hard before. Piece. It is really, really hard. hard. We did it, I think it was like maybe our second, first or second season. It's really hard, yeah. but it's it's really great. The audience is going to love it. It's a really good piece, and I encourage everybody to go see that. All right, on to question two. This brass instrument, in parentheses, Eric, not the tuba. All right, all right. <laughs> it's not the tuba. This brass instrument is one of the oldest classical orchestral instruments still in use today, with some of the earliest document mentions in 1468 and 1488. The name of this instrument in Italian means large trumpet. Using a <clears throat> mute, it also plays the voice of the teacher in the Charlie Brown cartoons. What is it? That would be the trombone. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. <laughs> uh, they used to call that the sack butt? Yes, back in the day, it was called the sack The butt. Renaissance, yeah. And then uh, became the uh, trombone, <laughs> the sack butt. Uh, okay, on to question three. This famous musical with lyrics by S Stephen Sondheim opened on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theater in September of 1957. It later went on to become a movie. What is it? That would be West Side Story. That is correct. Uh, we got uh, many responses to this one. And uh, we picked a winner at random. Uh, how we do that is actually uh, we go to random.org. There's a random number generator. So we took all of our correct entries. Oh, interestingly enough, all of the entries were correct. Really? Uh, yep. Well, we have a very smart audience, you know, listening very classical. Very erudite crowd here, yeah, yeah, I think. Listening to classical music, you know, it makes you more intelligent. So yeah. that doesn't surprise me any. So the uh, winner uh, picked at random, Betty Jackson. Congratulations. We'll oh, send out congratulations. Uh, two uh, free flex tickets. Right. Uh, I haven't looked up if she's already a seasoned ticket holder. She has extra tickets that right. she could give she could a friend give or use for next season, whatever. That'll be, that's fantastic. Congratulations to her. Uh, let me talk about our next... Uh, Free concert that's coming up. It's uh, and the phone tickets. Well, you need a ticket even though it's free. The phone is. Colleen told me the phone has been ringing off the hook this morning. So, if you want to go, you need to get on it now. It's um, June twenty seventh at two p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church of Vero Beach. This is a new venue for us, and at limited seating, I think it only holds like five hundred seats. So, if you're gonna go there, you need to get on it. Then we'll be playing that evening at 7 p.m. at the Scott Center. And then um, June 28th at Riverside Presbyterian Church in Cocoa Beach at 3.30 p.m. So tickets are already going fast. I'm not making this up. The phone's been ringing off the hook. Bob, you can attest to that. Colleen's been on the phone. I was there. All morning. The phone so, was ringing. So um, if you want to go, right, if you want to go, get on it. Well, the hour has very quickly run away from us. Is it uh, over already? It is. Uh, the conversation earlier about how to set up the bass and get that sound, that, that was fantastic. That was fascinating. Uh, that, was a, that was a great part of the conversation. Bill but, love that. He loves that behind-the-scenes stuff. So Yeah. He, he's gonna, uh, Well, by the way, get well soon, Bill. Hope to get have you well, back Bill. here next week. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, I'm going to go home and uh, play with the settings on my amp and see <laughs> if I can get a better sound out yeah, of that. There you go. Uh, but uh, part of what has happened today is we have a few more clips from uh, this last weekend's Big Bang and bash that we just couldn't get to right we can do those next week so for another week here at maestros on air i'm jeremy hickman and i'm eric lee and i'm bob Gloppen. reminding you as always we'll, we'll see, see you at, at the show, show. 
You've been listening to Maestros On Air, brought to you by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Remember, you can support the symphony in many ways, including a visit to Maestro's Cafe, located just inside the main entrance to the Brevard Central Library and Reference Center, 308 Forest Avenue, Cocoa, Florida. Maestro's Cafe serves a variety of coffee and other drinks, as well as breakfast and lunch selections, and is open most days from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., with extended hours on Tuesday and Thursday, closed Sunday. For more information about the symphony or upcoming concerts, like us on Facebook or visit our webpage at spacecoastsymphony.org. And remember, as always, we'll see you at the show. A Peak Velocity production. 